Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Okay, Steve, back to the boiling point. Round four or five. I don't know where we're at now. All I know is we've got, we've got some very lovely corked wine on the go. and uh, Seasoned with screwdriver. Seasoned with a little bit of screwdriver. Because <laughs> that's what you do when you don't have a, a, a corkscrew. Uh, it's very boiling point style. It's in fashion. Thank you, Don Hemmings, for uh, opening it up. And uh, oh my gosh. It, okay, what do we have? We've got Massey uh, Campofiorin. Beautiful, beautiful pronunciation. Be- oh, thank you. I love uh, it. Uh, okay, there we go. I'm going to pass this over to you. Greg's got pants on. I've got pants on. In Good fact, one. my pants are the color of of a red wine. In fact, <laughs> so right now we are actually on hold waiting. With coffee notes with coffee with notes of coffee, uh, with with Polina and Anne from this amazing communications and marketing and branding company. So there's a little bit of a joke going, Polina mm. and Anne here. Um, I came to the podcast booth with my pants drenched with coffee. Like I totally spilled coffee all yeah. over me. So I've been sitting in the podcast booth with nothing but underwear on. Um, and then Steve, my co- my- I've been making fun of Greg now for three weeks about this or three shows. Well, you know what? They say that if you're ever noticed, if you're ever nervous about public speaking, that you should picture the crowd in their underwear. Right. So if you're at all nervous, now we're just picturing you in your underwear. I, 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 I hope you are, Angie. And, and the funny thing is, um, Steve just just poured just a lack wine. of back of red wine all over his pants as well. So the 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 secret is out. The boiling <laughs> the boiling point. Yeah, you know, we do these marathon runs on coffee and wine. So. Polina and Anne, welcome to the the Boiling Point, finally. It's so good to have two beautiful, beautiful human beings come join us. And I miss the both of you. Oh, likewise. Yeah. Thank you for having us. So unfortunately, unfortunately, because we got such a a late start, um, we should jump right into this because we've got until 3.28 Atlantic Standard Time for this this interview to go to. And uh, let's get right to it. So Steve, right before he spilt the red wine, he said, how do you know these two ladies? Mm -hmm. I'd rather send that over to you two. Um, How do you know Greg Hemmings? (laughs) Well, I can easily answer that. Greg and I were... um, Lucky for me, I should say, were paired up to be B Corp ambassadors by B Lab. So when I got my email telling me who I was paired up with, I was like, woohoo! They <laughs> couldn't have done a better matching job because there was this. I, at that point, I had heard of Greg and had known about Hemming's house, so I was really excited that we now had sort of an official capacity to work in together. And the rest is history. Since then, we. <laughs> And, and, hung out at the yeah. Sustainable Brands Conference and in, in Philly, so it's been fun. And I got to hang out with uh, you and Ann on the streets in Philadelphia, walking to a restaurant, if I recall. Yep. That's right. So, so so we go way back, Steve. Uh, we've got, uh, in the world of the B Corp, there's a lot of, um, as you're probably going to find out, there's a ton of storytelling companies uh, within the B Corp family. And I feel that that's so critical. 
in creating a movement is having marketing agencies, branding agencies, communications agencies, film production companies, etc., not only building profitable businesses, but also telling stories of other companies doing the same. Uh, why don't we introduce uh, Round Peg um, from your words, uh, Anna and Polina. Let, let's, let, let's share the, the magic that you bring into the world. Sure. So Round Peg is a small marketing consultancy, and we help social impact brands like B Corp's. Uh, and the main work we do is helping them activate their purpose in order to change their approach to marketing and really shift the way that they think about their relationships with their customers. So uh, part of the impetus for that is that we've seen that social responsibility and CSR aren't really enough of a differentiator. Um, those things are becoming expected more by consumers, which is a really great thing, actually. Mm-hmm. But companies with a genuine social purpose um, can truly engage their customers with that purpose in a very different way and in a way that keeps their customers coming back for more and also amplifies the uh, social impact that the companies are having or able to have. So we work with those companies to define and focus their social purpose and then to align their brand um, and their customer journey with that purpose and infuse it through pretty much everything they do. And then we develop creative marketing strategies and campaigns to engage customers um, on purpose. And that increases retention and builds loyal communities of influence and, again, increases social impact. And, and, and wh- wh- why do you think now is, is the time where purpose means so much? Like, that's a, it's, it's not just a catchphrase. It's, it's really... It's yeah. A, it's, yeah. <laughs> t- t- talk to us about that. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think there's... Um, you know, this has been an undercurrent before the current political climate, but I think that we saw, especially with um, the Super Bowl commercials that uh, you and I, Greg, were talking a little bit about uh, online about, um, that even kind of big-name uh, non-social impact brands are starting to come out and talk about social and cultural issues. And I think there's a couple of reasons for that. I mean, obviously, the current... Uh, U.S. political climate has a lot to do with that and people really feeling a need to be much more civically engaged and companies needing to respond to that as well. But before um, what's been happening in this last year or so, there's been a shift in our demographics. And um, a piece of that is that, you know, this millennial generation and whatever the generation after them um, is called, there's all sorts of different opinions on that. Um, they kind of grew up at a time where there was a lot more consciousness of things like environmental sustainability and um, diversity and inclusion. And so there's a different mindset. And so, you know, there's so many different things that are outcomes of that. But one of them is that, you know, the largest group of consumers that are now having pretty major buying power in our society really see themselves as contributing to the broader social good and have come to expect companies to do that as well. And I think that where purpose comes in is this, you know, this chance for there to be an intersection between what companies are doing to make change in the world and what, you know, your average person is trying to do to make change in the world. And there's a place where they can meet where they haven't really been able to before, or there just wasn't a uh, symbiosis before, um, but there is now because there's shared values in a much more authentic way than there have been in the past. 
one of the one of the terms I find really you know jarring and interesting really is marketer's responsibility the, or marketing's responsibility. You don't really think about that or hear that really ever, or I don't anyway. But I guess my question, thinking about it, is like, what was it that that led you to to think that marketing could affect change, like before you started the company? Sure. Well. Um I think this, you know, it, both of us come from a tradition, if you will, and, and a background of using marketing to affect change. But um, we both kind of came up around where nonprofits really were getting into things like cause marketing and behavior change marketing. So that kind of laid mm-hmm. the foundation for us personally. But um, I think when we got involved in the B Corp movement, which probably we can talk about um, in more detail, we started to slowly, it wasn't one of these light bulb moments, but slowly see um, where there really could be a very different role for marketing because uh, B Corps and other socially conscious businesses aren't business as usual. So, of course, marketing as usual is not going to really work. Um, And there's been a fairly explosive growth, actually, of marketing and storytelling companies in uh, in this space. Um, You know, when we joined at the B Corp, in 2012, I think there were 12 or 13 marketing firms. And as of a year ago, I haven't checked since, there were 80-something, right? So there's there's definitely a recognition beyond just round peg. We weren't the only ones to kind of figure this out. But the, the um, opportunity here for change is really, I think, lies in that shift of the customer relationship. Because, you know, we're in this time of really rampant consumerism, um, Consumers are really overwhelmed with the choices, and a lot of times they just don't—they don't have the capacity to really make good decisions. Not meaning that they are not intelligent enough to, or um, they don't have the desire to, but we're just so overwhelmed with messages, and mm-hmm. it's really hard sometimes to tell what's genuinely good from what's good washing. And so, I think there's a real opportunity for truly conscious companies to help customers make the right choice because I think they want to. They just oftentimes don't know how to. Um, And I think that really comes back to what the relationship with the customer is and engaging them on, you know, really shared values rather than manufactured values, which I think unfortunately is a tradition that marketing has come from. Um, You know, in the 40s and 50s, there was this kind of social upheaval that, um, you know, there are a lot of things going on that kind of made people feel a void in their lives in, in different ways and marketers and advertisers kind of stooped into trying to fill that void with products and associating what a product could do to kind of make you feel better about yourself. And I don't think that's really necessary anymore for these truly good companies because when they're really doing good in the world and moving the needle on social and cultural issues and making change in, you know, how we make what we buy and what we buy and whether we even need to buy it all. There's a, an honesty about that um, that really does help people truly self-actualize their vision of themselves because when they support these companies, they are really making change. They're not just giving change when they open their wallet. Mm. What, what, uh, what companies do you think are really doing a good job of that? Happy to jump in. I feel like there are not as many as we would like to see. And there are a handful that we keep going back to 
because they are doing a, such a nice job. They might come to it from different angles, but they truly kind of living it, fully living their values. And one would be Greystone Bakery. Love I don't know how guys. familiar you are with their brownies. Uh, I think you guys had them on the show even. No, we haven't. Right? We haven't. But, Paulina, you, you, you'll get a kick out of this. When I was in New York two weeks ago, um, we had an event in, what the heck was I, Greenwich Village, and we invited uh, the folks mm-hmm. from uh, from Greystone, and they came. And we, we just had this great social event. And, oh, St- wow. and Steve, who's sitting with me right now, one of his business partners, Robin, in Brooklyn, showed up as well. So there's a nice little connection mm-hmm. there as well. So, yeah, and Greystone, for those who don't know, they make all the brownie for Ben & Jerry's ice creams, all the little okay. brownie chunks. Anyway, continue, Paulina. Yeah, they do a fantastic job for it. If, you, if you're familiar, they sell their products in Whole Foods. They also have bakeries in New York. So they do. They have a retail presence as well as B two B presence, and um, they're just very upfront and open. You know that their whole point is that we bake brownies to hire people. It's not about the food itself; it's about giving opportunities to people that have been marginalized until now. So it, it's a company that's just really impressive, and, and they've been doing it for a really long time. This is not like a novel thing that they've uncovered. It's not a marketing ploy. It's, it, it's really who they are. Um, the other company that we often talk about is Plum Organics out in California, and they make organic baby food. And they're a very interesting company, and they're the only company that we've connected with and seen that actually has a position uh, that they've created for a missions officer. And this um, person's job is to make sure they stay on mission and mm. coordinate between all the various departments and the company to make sure that every decision and everything they do supports their greater purpose and their greater mission. So, um, and and they they do a ton of work. So it you know on different um, initiatives, but their whole purpose is essentially that all kids in America should have access to healthy food. And they really act on it. Um, so it's those two. Um, those two are kind of our, you know, star examples within the B Corp community. <laughs> and great example. And and I, I can name a number of others as well. But you're right. We're talking a very small slice of the consumer, um, or you know, you know, the the, the retail sector uh, brand universe. There's like it's in our bubble. I think that we we see this all all over the place and it almost feels like we are surrounded by these companies doing good, but we got to step back and realize that mm-hmm. we're in a Small bubble. Small slice, right? We're in a tiny little <laughs> bubble and there's a lot of work to do. Something I've been noticing as, yeah. a, as, as a trend in marketing or expectations from the market is way back in the day, the focus was on quality. If you've got a high quality product, um, that's what you need to market about. Um, didn't necessarily matter if it came from a different country that may not have been uh, treating employees appropriately or the environment, but if it was high quality, that was it. Then it kind of graduated to innovation, where um, quality was expected, but what type of innovation is are, are these companies doing? And then, uh, if you weren't, then the next stage was uh, was social. Like, how do you jump into social? So we expect innovation and quality, but how are you connecting into the community? You know, and now I feel like the next evolution of, of social was purpose and values, which is where we're at right now. What, where, where do you think the next uh, 
evolution is going to be because if, if we're in the purpose age right now of marketing, um, what's after that? Because pretty soon everybody's going to expect, okay, I'm going to spend my dollars with with purpose-driven companies. What's going to be the next one from your from your opinions as futurists that you are? I can tell you what I would like it to be. Okay. I don't know <laughs> that's really what will be. For me, it would be advocacy. You know, we're at a point where that's been controlled by or mostly worked on on nonprofit sector, but more and more businesses are getting involved in advocacy. You know, and I'm not talking about lobbying, where it's like lobbying for your own interest and how to, you know, passing laws that give you tax breaks. I'm talking about lobbying and advocacy on behalf of greater good, on behalf of social causes, on behalf of, um, and, and I think this is a good example to bring up Ben and Jerry's, who went to, who went and, you know, to demonstrations and got involved very actively in um, North Carolina um, when there was the entire bathroom bill controversy that's still ongoing. So that would be, you know, they, that would be like a tremendous, I think, opportunity for a lot of businesses to put a stake in the ground and really own an issue and mm. work towards a greater cultural uh, shift. I love what you're saying there. It's, like, it's, it's the corporate activism side. But this is, this is really cool. Like the trend is going, it's getting sharper and sharper mm-hmm. to businesses being used as a force for good. Like we say that in the B Corp world as a slogan. But truly, once we see a capitalism that's transformed into a place of activism, and we see Salesforce jumping into that world, really, we see yeah, Salesforce. Uh-huh. Um, we see PayPal pulling out of uh, Care Two. Yeah, Care Two. It's all these businesses that are saying, "No, we're not going to bring all those jobs to your state because of your homophobic policies." Mm-hmm. As an example, um, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's exciting for me as well, Polina. I'm excited for for seeing more of that. And it's happening already. So it's beyond purpose. Now it's going into a place of activism, yeah. which is really going to silo it out into tribes in a way that, you know, it could be could be potentially da- damaging for a short period of time for mass market appeal. But I think for longevity, those companies that stand for something are the ones that, go- that are going to have a story that's going to last. Interesting stuff yeah, to think I, about. Yeah, I think that we saw a real... Um you know, a really interesting case of that yesterday, actually, here in the States, which was the Day Without Immigrants, um, where a significant number of businesses, at least in our area, you know, we're just outside of Washington, D.C., um, you know, closed for the day so that there are uh, employees who were immigrants who um, are, you know, here in the country legally were able to, um, you know, take some time and show the country what it would feel like if we didn't have, uh, you know, immigrants. And I thought it was just some really interesting social media commentary around that. Um, you know, in, in our area, I think it was largely positive, um, but just kind of seeing something from other areas of the country and some businesses that I followed from, you know, really small mom and shop, like my favorite bagel place at the beach that <laughs> closed down to, you know, larger companies and seeing, you know, I think it's a, a unfortunately um, a microcosm example of how divided our country is, but the, the really positive support that these businesses saw for doing the right thing. Um, and in a lot of cases that does, coincide with their purpose and in other ways it's just they're doing it because they think it's the right thing to do with you know for their employees and for their communities which is a wonderful thing to see happening. Yeah. well listen my local okay. supermarket actually did this sorry 
couldn't hear you. I, 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 I was I, I, saying that going. my local supermarket did the same thing, and it was day gay, and it was tremendous to go in there and not to see all the familiar faces, mm. you know, stocking the shelves, watering the fruit, you know, just, it was like a completely different experience, and it was very jarring. Well, this this is the type of future that we're, we're just about to step into. Very exciting. Um, and... I think we need to have a second follow-up uh, conversation with you both. Um, we're at the end of our half hour, unfortunately, but uh, why don't we touch base again in six months? Because we're we're at the beginning of a new administration that I think the B Corp community has been really um, careful not to speak out against, but rather stand mm-hmm. up for other sides that are working instead of, you know, taking the negative. But it feels like that whole concept of, corporate activism is is now going to uh, become very prevalent in the B Corp world. I, I wonder how that's going to change uh-huh. that stance on not standing against things. And I wonder, that is a chance to inspire, right? Yeah. Which, which I think totally. companies are stepping out. Yeah, and I, I and that's that, that's really the, the B Corp way is we stand for, we don't stand against. Yeah. Uh, but when we see... But I think there's yeah. a way, you know, I can't help but put my marketing hat on that and say that there's very much a way to still stand for something in this environment by, you know, it's how we are active um, and it doesn't always necessarily have to be against something but showing the other side of, you know, I, I guess it's two sides of the same coin, if you will. Um, but we don't necessarily have to be uh, going out there and saying, for example, um, you know, we're vehemently against any immigration policy, but we can be going out there and saying we are for, you know, fair and just immigration policies and we are for um, treating the members of our community, you know, in the right way and we are for highlighting our contribution to society, as an example. Amen. Well, thank you so much, uh, ladies. This has been awesome chatting with you as always. And let's make sure we have a follow-up conversation. This particular podcast was cut a little bit short just because of a few technical issues getting in touch at the beginning. But we're going to continue this conversation. I think we should do it in six I months. It was the Russians. It was the Somehow. Russians. Yeah. Yeah. I think Absolutely. it was it was the communists. And I hope that <laughs> I hope you have better luck with your pants next. Time. Well, <laughs> we, we got we got coffee uh, and red wine spills everywhere here, and. Uh, we, we apologize to Tim. We love you, Tim, and we love your couch. And <laughs> and thankfully, my pants actually have the, I, I, and a coffee and a red wine tone tonality to them anyway. So it's it's hard to tell. <laughs> uh, it's Friday, awesome. Greg. That's all. It's Friday. That's how it's Friday. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, have a great one. It's never going to happen Friday afternoon. It's the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Pauline and Ann, thank you so much. And thank one you. last thing. How do people get a hold of you and follow the amazing work you're doing? The best way to get in touch is to check out our website, rounds.com, and all contact information is there. Yep. We have on pretty, <laughs> yeah, we're also on Twitter, and uh, we have a pretty active blog with lots of great content, a lot of lot of ideas, and a lot of you know articles that address the very things we talked about. So check that out, and um, I, I mean we're easy to find. Awesome. Roundpeg.com. Love it. Okay. Roundpeg.com. Roundpeg.com. There's lots of comms. Go back to that communist theme again, right? (laughs) 
<laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much. That's what we're all about, Greg. Look, look at, looking forward to spending right. more, more time with you both. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for having us. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Steve, there's so many takeaways. We don't mm. have time to get into them. Let's, let, let's go to the next one. I'll see you next week. Awesome. I'll be here. I hope so. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.